1: Welcome back to the Blitz Podcast. I'm your host, Steve Gallo, joined by my trusty sidekick, Harley Schultz. Harley, how are you doing?
0: You know, I just got back from a nice vacation down to Kansas City. Didn't get to stay and watch the game because the NFL decided to flex it out of the afternoon slot, but that's okay. We caught it when we got home here. Made it home just in time for kickoff, which was nice. And uh, the Chiefs won. That makes it all the better.
1: There you go. There you go. Uh, avoided any of the um, winter trouble travel type stuff, I guess?
0: Well, so there was supposedly uh, snow and slipperiness over the weekend here in Minnesota before that, but we didn't really notice a lot of that. However, when we were coming up through Iowa into southern Minnesota, the winds were very high. We were approaching 30-mile-an-hour winds, much like we might see tonight on Monday Night Football. Again, we're recording this on Monday Night as the Patriots and Bills are about to lock horns.
1: Yes. Um, so good weekend all in all? I mean.
0: Oh, whenever I can go down to KC and eat lots of barbecue and drink lots of cocktails, have lots of fun, no, nothing better than that. I,
1: I can't disagree with that. So I don't know what you have planned for in the news, and this is probably better for a transition later, but I had a pretty good weekend too.
0: Well, what, what was go about your weekend? What did you do?
1: Uh well, we decorated the house for Christmas and all that stuff. And then I went and I checked what my picks looked like in the early slate, and I was a whopping 14 and 0. 7 and 0 straight up. Woo-hoo! 7 and 0 against the spread.
0: I don't think I've had a 14 and 0 early slate yet this year. Yeah, that's, so that's impressive.
1: That's my first. And how how was your um DFS weekend?
0: good uh dfs weekend was was good it could have been extremely great but uh due to the fact i was on vacation i didn't have a ton of time over this weekend to put in lineups but uh i did manage to do something that i've only done once before and that's win every single major tournament on fanball.com this past weekend uh uh, with a one particular lineup that just happened to not only cash but take first place in each of those tournaments
1: that's awesome that is good you know who else had a good weekend this weekend who was that? My wife? because the Browns didn't lose.
0: Yeah well unfortunately the Vikings did so <laughs> And they lost they lost to the Lions which is is kind of interesting because I mean you almost start to laugh about this point because you've got to be really really bad to lose to the Lions, you would think. but the Lions have actually been competitive all season long. They just keep finding new ways to lose in the end.
1: Yes, they do. I actually called them, but for what it's worth, I said it was a good day, good weekend for my wife, too, since the Browns did not lose. That's because they did not play. And she stresses out over the fact whether they're supposed to win or not. It's like she's in this no win situation. She can't watch them for fear that they're going to lose. So then she misses that they win. And she, for- she tends to forget that they were so bad before she had taken a six, four to six win season and felt like it was a, you know, a huge accomplishment. So
0: well, just giving a little insight into the uh, lineup that I used uh, for the big score on Fanball. Uh, again, it was uh, I went cheap at quarterback and I used uh, Gardner Minshew. And the nice thing about Fanball is Fanball is a super flex site. So you can start a second quarterback at Superflex. I know FanDuel also offers that in some of their games. But this is the standard at Fanball is, is super flex. So. I used Jimmy Garoppolo as my second one. Now the main reason I chose those two guys is because their combined price was eleven thousand two hundred. But I also wanted exposure to both those games because they're both facing uh, gimme defenses. And what I did is I paired both of those guys with their starting tight end, Dallas Goddard and George Kittle, who both went absolutely berserk last uh, last game.
1: Double tight end.
0: I. Double tight end. You know You know, I love going with the double <laughs> tight end, triple tight end, sometimes even quadruple tight end in some of these laps, But double tight end paid off huge for me here. I then had enough money left over to put in three of my favorite running back plays from this week. Uh, Jonathan Taylor, obviously, highest-priced guy on their slate, uh, had a huge game. Uh, two touchdowns on the ground, 140 yards plus. Uh, David Montgomery. Had a great game with eight receptions for 51 yards on top of 90 on the ground for another touchdown. He had 28-plus 20, points. And then I put Javante Williams in at my flex running back position. He topped the 30-point marker. And at only at $6,300, he easily returned nearly five times value for me. Uh, then I had two wide receiver spots left. I, uh, on Fanball, they allow you to do two wide receivers and then the third spot can be a wide receiver or a tight end. That's how I got the second tight end in. But the two wide receivers I went with were my pay-to-play wide receiver from last week, Justin Jefferson, who had nearly 40 points on this site. And I went with Hunter Renfro, who ended up with nine catches for 102 yards against that awful Washington secondary. Now, was he your uh, value play last week by chance, or was he just like someone I was thinking about for that range?
1: Oh, let's see. My
0: He wasn't my value play, but I did like him there.
1: No, we're going to not talk about my value play from last
0: week. Kenny Galladay? <laughs> okay. Uh, okay, I couldn't remember who you had the wide receiver. So.
1: Yeah,
0: yeah, yeah. I, I, I had Juwan Jenkins, uh, Juwan Jenkins, who ended up finishing behind Trent Sherfield as the yeah. number two wide receiver option for the San Francisco 49ers. But ultimately, it was the Kittle week, so I'm glad I chose to stack Kittle with Garoppolo in this lineup.
1: There you go. Well, you know what else I'm, I'm hoping and glad for? I'm glad to hear what we have in store for us with the Blitzed Podcast News when I throw it over to Mr. Harley Schultz for that this week.
0: Thank you, Steve. Logan Thomas received good news today when his MRI revealed that he did not suffer a torn ACL as was previously feared. Despite hearing the good news, Thomas decided to continue to seek second opinions. Now, I'm kind of confused by this. This sounds like good news, but apparently Thomas is more excited about the prospects of missing the rest of the season rather than continuing the season with Taylor Heineke as his quarterback. So Thomas is going to continue to search for a doctor who will tell him his ACL was actually torn? (laughs) The Panthers surprised everyone by releasing offensive coordinator Joe Brady this past weekend. Yeah, the Panthers' problem was their coach. Not that they lost their all-world running back for most of the year and that they tried to convince people that Cam Newton and Sam Darnold should be starting NFL quarterbacks. (laughs) Gardner Minshew had a successful first start in place of the injured Jalen Hurts this past week. Still, Coach Nick Sirianni says that Hurts will be their starter when the team returns from its week 14 bye. Bye. Considering the screwy system that Sirianni has used on their running back room this year, I would not be surprised if Reed Sinnette took the first snap in Week 15 for the Eagles. <laughs> Over the last two weeks, former first-round pick Laquan Treadwell has led the Jaguars' receivers with eight catches for 115 total yards. Or as the Vikings fans like to refer to it, his entire career line with the team. Now... Seeing this, I can't wait to see what Enkeel Harry does for Jacksonville next season. <laughs> and finally, with both Daniel Jones and Mike Glennon currently injured, Jake Fromm will make his first NFL start for the Giants next week against the Chargers. Frankly, I think Jake from State Farm has a better chance of being successful in that matchup. <laughs> this has been your BPN News Update.
1: Was that not one of the worst throwovers ever in the history of the Blitz Podcast news? I lost my way like it was just, I don't know what.
0: <laughs> it was a little off-target, but it worked.
1: It was kind of like, you know, Sam Darnold is a quarterback for the Carolina Panthers. Okay, 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 okay. So this week, here's what we have. We have catered towards getting everybody to the playoffs so you can win your leagues up until this point. Well, guess what? Now – we look forward to next year. And for everybody that's in that boat with us, we raise a glass to you. And if you're on your way to winning your league title, well, pay attention. We'll help you start next week, next year in a good fashion, too. So, what I mean is, we're going to give you our way too early top 12 quarterback and running back list. Harley and I will each go through. We'll give you an over and under on them, see what we can agree on, all that good stuff. Next week, we'll do um, wide receiver and tight end. And then, of course, our second segment will be our DFS pay-up, stay-away, and value play segment, like always.
0: Exactly. Now, a thing to think about here is that these are the top 12 quarterbacks for 2022 and top 12 running backs for 2022. Now, just a few weeks back, we did our first two rounds way too early draft for you. And there may have actually been some changing in some of these uh, rankings for us just in the last two weeks based on things that have happened.
1: That is true. I did not even consult that draft when comprising my list. You want to start with quarterbacks, then? I wonder if I should have, though. Maybe I should have. Yeah, let's start. Let's – my favorite spot, and I'm going to be honest with you, (laughs) I played the game right. I didn't just list, like, Sam Darnold and Mac Jones and Matt Ryan, the 12 quarterbacks I know that would be available to me later in the draft. I listed, actually, who I think will be the top 12 quarterbacks. Um, I won't draft any of them, but, you know.
0: Yeah, I, I really think we're going to have a hard time matching. on. I, I think we're going to have uh, nine of the same quarterbacks, maybe ten, but they're probably only going to be one or two in the same spot.
1: Okay, so you're going to say, what's the number for the same spot?
0: Uh, same spot, two.
1: Two, and how many total?
0: I'm going to go Ten.
1: Ten. I'm going to take the under <coughs> and the over, which is crazy. <laughs> All right, start us off. Who are you, who's your top dog at the quarterback spot next year?
0: Well, I, I, I can't, uh, can't ever go against this guy. He's signed to such a long-term contract. He's the co-owner of the Kansas City Royals, co-owner of the KC United uh, soccer team. I uh, Got to go with uh, Patrick 15, Patrick Mahomes. Uh, This year on the offseason, they're going to sign a wide receiver, too, via free agency. They've already said that that's their main free agent goal for this offseason. That offensive line, which was such a problem in the Super Bowl last year, uh, they did a wonderful job turning that over this season with trades this offseason and with the draft uh, when they really just hit on basically every offensive line pick they took this year. Uh, Getting that second wide receiver is going to be the key, and Patrick Mahomes returns to the number one spot for next year.
1: So, no, we don't have a match, but, yes, he's in my top 12. Um, I considered Pat at one and three, believe it or not. Not two. I had my number two locked in. Um, So I wound up going with, at the number one spot, Josh Allen. I mean, he's a big guy. He scores on the ground. I think in year two, year three, rather, with Stefan Diggs, we probably see an easier schedule next year somewhat. I think we see room for improvement with those guys. And Dawson Knox is showing that he's going to be formidable. So I like Josh Allen as the overall number one safe bet at quarterback next year.
0: Uh, That not too far off for me. I bet Josh Allen at number two. You mentioned he's got a lot of great weapons. He can do damage on the ground. Uh, Probably the one thing that knocked him down below Mahomes for me, and, and this is not always going to be the case because there's sometimes weather in Kansas City, but there's more chance for weather concerns in Buffalo, games like tonight where Ellen's passing skills might be taken out of the game a little bit. But also, when you look at the Buffalo uh, schedule, they they face divisional games against Miami, uh, the Jets, and the Patriots, all of whom have pretty good pass defenses, so... Again, I, we say that jokingly about the Jets, but they're obviously much better against the pass than they are the run. So True. And, uh, and I, I've got to slid down to two, but, yeah, I think they're pretty interchangeable.
1: So, for what it's worth, um, a normal quarterback that doesn't have his size or running ability, I would have knocked down a peg because of weather, but I think that those types of games actually help him because he's more apt to get some points with his legs, honestly.
0: Well, and we know for a fact that they – can't commit to any given running back. So
1: true. And until that happens, that's a plus for him. So, okay. So you have Pat at one, Josh Allen at two. I have Josh Allen at one and Pat at three. So I'll give you my number two. And what kept him from being number one, honestly, is size and health. And that is Kyler Murray.
0: Okay. Uh, Well, I can clearly say then that we're not going to have a match on any of the first four then. Because Kyler Murray slid to number four for me. Uh, he does have the running skills to be slightly valuable from that standpoint. Obviously, he's not Lamar Jackson. But when you compare him to Lamar Jackson, he's got a much better arm. And he's got a lot better weapons. Yep. And there's no weather concerns down there. And he's playing in division with a couple of uh, softer defenses, too. So uh, a couple of hard defense, a couple of soft defenses, I should say. So, I have Murray at four. My number three is Justin Herbert. Uh, He's got a lot of great weapons around him, including an extremely talented pass-catching running back. And playing in Southern California, there's no home game weather concerns at all. Uh, Even the games in his division are in in warm weather climate games, with the exception of maybe Seattle, which doesn't get a ton of snow. It's more rain and wind sometimes. San Francisco occasionally wind, but uh, a good... Combination for Herbert, and I've got him at three. Okay. Um
1: <coughs> I have Pat at three. So who do you have at four?
0: Murray's my four.
1: Murray's your four. Okay. So my number four is a guy that I think we see one, he's 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 already solid as it is, solid to plus. And we know that he's got good weapons. Um I think we see him take a step back towards that upper echelon next year, and that's Dak Prescott.
0: Um, I had a hard time ranking Dak this uh, time because I love Dak Prescott. And uh, as I, said, I kept bouncing him around, but there are two other quarterbacks that I've got ranked slightly ahead of Prescott. Uh, but I certainly, I, I don't mind him at five and I, I think he certainly could be taken at five or four, even for that matter. Uh, two stud wide receivers. He's got top 10 tight end. He's got two running backs thoroughly capable of catching passes out of the back indoor home stadium, rotten divisional defensive opponents in Washington, the Giants, and the Redskins. He could could easily be top four or five. I've got him at seven.
1: Okay. Fair enough. Um, I have Herbert at five.
0: Okay, so so far through the first five, we have no matches on location. Correct. My number five is... Tampa Tom, assuming he comes back, and it sounds like he will, he wants to keep playing. The only thing that could really hurt him is if the age finally does catch up with him. Got so many weapons to throw the ball to there, including Leonard Furnetta out of the backfield. No weather concerns. Uh, a soft defense to face twice a year in Atlanta. Uh, obviously, Carolina and New Orleans are a little bit tougher against the pass, but uh, I like Tom Brady as long as, uh, again, Father Time doesn't finally catch him.
1: So, yeah. I mean, that so that makes your top 5 what? Um Pat, Mahom, Mahomes, Ellen,
0: Herbert, Murray and Brady.
1: And my top 5 is Josh Allen, <coughs> Tyler Murray, Patty, Dak and Herbert. So, since you have Tom in your top 5, I'm going to tell you that he was close. And I'll give you my number 6 and 7 pick and then we'll let you do that. How's that? So, my number 6 is Lamar Jackson. Um, I still think that we need to see a little more development with his skill players, and maybe we get a better read on that over the last four or five games of the season with Rashad Bateman and stuff like that. Um, so I wouldn't be surprised to see him vault into the top three. Um, but I think at six, because of his legs, he's a, safe, he's a safe pick, safe play there. And then at seven, I have old man Tom.
0: Okay, and again, so people know, obviously, this is for redraft purposes. I think a guy like Tom Brady probably uh, is still top 12 next year in in dynasty format at quarterback, but he certainly drops precipitously from the top five or six in a dynasty format. And again, if you're doing a redraft league, I've got Brady at five. My six is another veteran quarterback, and that's Aaron Rodgers, because... With Rodgers, whether he's in Pittsburgh, Denver, or Atlanta next year, he will be going to a team that has more wide receiver depth than he has ever had before. So, Whichever team he ends up with will be a better situation than he's ever had. None of those teams uh, are, are in a position to not be potential playoff teams with Rodgers at quarterback.
1: Don't disagree there. Um, so for what it's worth... I saw something on Twitter today. I think it was that 70s guy or 70s sports guy that had tweeted it. Tom Brady currently leads the league in passing yards and touchdowns. He was drafted when Bill Clinton was in office. (laughs) Okay? Bill Clinton. Anyway, I, I, I honestly, I could see making Brady as high as like four. But that age concerns me a little bit and he doesn't have any of the extra juice from the legs, right? So that's why if yes. you look at the guys I have in front of him, they're all guys that can actually do a little more with their legs also. Um, A-Rod was tough for me because, okay, I put I, had, I was like, I've got to give Tom his due, and he's at seven. And A-Rod can do some stuff with his legs also. Still a little older, but he's also, it's unknown where he's going, and mm-hmm. it should be better, but you still don't know, Right. Yeah, And you don't know how that transition is. So because of that, I did push him down some. So after Lamar Jackson and Tom Brady, I went with a guy that's probably the most polarizing to rank. And this is under the assumption that the team moves forward with him as their starting quarterback next year. And if they do, you have to expect to see improvement. But how do you not have Jalen Hurts at number eight, if you're me?
0: Well... That's going to be the first player that did not make my top 12. And that's mainly because I still don't believe that Jalen Hurts is going to be the starting quarterback for Philly next year.
1: <laughs> and I've got to be honest, with you, I'm I'm 50-50 on it. I'm not sure either. Um, but at this point with what we see, what we know, he, you know, Howie is the one that drafted him. I think that they get another year with him, honestly. Uh, there's nobody really in the draft that warrants a top Pick at quarterback, uh, and the Eagles are going to have three first rounders most likely. So I think that's what bodes well for him having one more year. And look, I think he's been a top twelve quarterback every week this year, except for yes. one.
0: Well, except for two now after last week. But yes,
1: okay, you're right. Two exactly. So
0: no, I, I definitely gave some uh, cadence to him, but I just I felt there were twelve other quarterbacks that I really trusted more. I got you than Hurts. Um, but so I, I, gave you my six with Rogers seven. That I talked about a little bit earlier is Dak Prescott, who you brought up earlier. Uh, eight for me is another quarterback that you've already listed. And that's Lamar Jackson. As you said, he's going to have a full year of both Marquise Brown and Rashad Baton now uh, under his belt, uh, in terms of what they can work with. He's got an elite level tight end and Mark Andrews. That is a huge red zone threat. He's got a potentially elite receiving running back in JK Dobbins coming back from injury. Oh, yeah. Plus, Lamar Jackson gets it done with the beat. Yep.
1: <coughs> a lot of depth. A lot of depth there. Okay, so you're at, let's see, I'm at eight. What are you at now?
0: That was my eight, was Lamar Jackson.
1: Okay. So I'll, t- I'll do nine because yours has already been mentioned. At nine, I have Aaron Rodgers. Okay. So who do you have rounding out your top ten?
0: My number nine is a guy who will be entering, I believe, his third year now, and that's Joe Burrow got an elite level arm he's got an absolutely studly wide receiver core to throw to got a decent pass catcher at both tight end and running back and they've got a poor defense that forces them to keep throwing the ball to keep staying in the game so got to assume they're going to address the offensive line this offseason either by the draft or via free agency uh the building blocks are there for burrow to be very very good for a long time
1: don't disagree with that um So you gave your number nine, I'll give my number 10, and then you can do the same. Joe Burrow is my number 10. Okay. at ten. For what it's worth, I love all the weapons that they have there. And Joe Mixon's catching the ball, um, and they have to improve that offensive line. The defense isn't going to do them any favors. Pittsburgh's not going to be Pittsburgh much longer in that division. Uh, You know, it's just, I I really, it's, it's all setting up well for them.
0: At number 10, I'm going with Matthew Stafford. He also has a deep wide receiver core to choose from. Uh, I have every reason to believe that Robert Woods will be back next year. Van Jefferson really took a step up this year. And Cooper Cup has emerged as the top receiving threat in all of football this year. So a lot of deep players, no home weather concerns at all. Uh, He's going to be top 10, even though he's getting one year older.
1: So Stafford, of course, did not make my top 10. I did at one point have him written down to 10 and then put Burrow there because of the age, <coughs> and, I, and I just think that there's a chance that that offense shows a little more this coming season. Um, at 11, I have a, what's going to be a second-year quarterback. I, I don't think there'll be any kind of quarterback controversy. I think the team's going to move forward with him, and you're saying, okay, well, there's a couple quarterbacks that fit that. Who, who would it be? Um, I went with the guy that I think has the better coach. And I think there's another rookie that we're not going to know who the coach is going to be. So I'm going with Trey Lance at 11. And I have faith in Shanahan maximizing his ability. He could be this year's Jalen Hurts, in a sense, with his legs and big playability. Um, so at 11, I think you're getting a good value for somebody like that.
0: I certainly think that he's got the potential to achieve that next year. But I just don't, I didn't feel safe enough to put him in my top 12 because, again, I there's a few too many question marks there. At 11, I went with another veteran who has gotten it done this year. Has gotten it done pretty much the, his entire career, but he never gets any respect because he cannot seem to get the, the popular stat of quarterback win. Now, from a fantasy standpoint, I could care less about quarterback wins as much as I care about wins from a fantasy baseball standpoint. It's a bogus stat that takes away from the value of a quality quarterback. And that quality quarterback is Captain Kirk of the Minnesota Vikings. He's got two top 20 wide receivers. He's got an elite pass-catching running back. He's got an indoor stadium. And hopefully a new head coach next year who is open to throwing the ball even more. Now, you say they'll throw the ball more. Kirk Cousins actually has three or more passing touchdowns in 12 games over the last year and a half combined. So, it's not like he isn't throwing touchdowns. He just doesn't win the game. So again, if, if wins counts as a statistical category in your league, your league was antiquated 40 years ago. I'm sorry.
1: So I don't have Kirk in my top 12, but Kirk is absolutely the kind of poster child for (coughs) the late round quarterback or the zero quarterback theorem that I want to target. And he's a guy that will fall. Mm -hmm. Um, I think Stafford's a guy that will fall also. Um, Carr will be in that realm. Tannehill yep. will be in that realm. Um, Mac Jones will probably be in that realm, quite honestly.
0: I, I considered Carr at this point, too, but again, I think there's a little question mark about whether or not coach, he's going to be the quarterback in, in Las Vegas next year.
1: Yes, that coach philosophy, what about the, the people around him? Those types of question marks would really kept me from putting people in and taking people out. I had Justin Fields as my number 12 initially, but just because we think that Matt Nagy's excuse me, that Matt Nagy's is going to be replaced, the grass isn't always greener. You have to hope they get the right guy, right? Mm-hmm. But you're not guaranteed that. So I went with Stafford as my d- number 12 to round me out.
0: And I decided to round my team out with the guy who was maligned in his previous home because of mistakes he's made. Well, he's in a new home now, and he's not making mistakes. That's Carson Wentz. Wentz has a great offensive line. He's got a stud young wide receiver in Michael Pittman. He's got a great pass-catching running back in Jonathan Taylor. He's got two very good pass-catching tight ends in Moaley Cox and Jack Doyle. He plays in an indoor stadium, and he's got horrible defenses on every team in his division. So Carson Wentz is my number 12. Just the perfect uh, thing. He's not going to make the mistakes in Indianapolis that he made due to a combination of lack of weapons and a lot of injuries he sustained uh, over his career in Philadelphia.
1: I don't hate that. And he's another guy that will most definitely be there for people that want to wait on quarterback. So um, I'll go with my, uh, I'll recap mine Josh Allen, Kyler Murray, Pat Mahomes, Dak Prescott, Justin Herbert, Lamar Jackson. Then I've got Tom Brady, Jalen Hurts, Aaron Rodgers, Joe Burrow, Trey Lance, Matt Stafford.
0: And then my top 12 is Sir Patrick, Josh Allen, Justin Herbert, Tyler Murray, Tom Brady, Aaron Rodgers, Dak Prescott, Lamar Jackson, Joe Burrow, Matthew Stafford, Kirk Cousins, and Carson Wentz.
1: All right, there we go. So now we're going to run on over to the running back spot (coughs) and I'll let you um, kick us off.
0: Well, first off, I think at the running back spot, we're going to have.
1: Oh, yeah. Oh, wait a minute. You're right. Zero. I I took the over, but it was zero. I was off on that. And I believe we had 10 matches, so it was a push.
0: We are going to have 11 matches at running back. And we're going to have three in the same spot.
1: I'm going to take the under on both. Okay. And we're going to start off matching, I believe, right out the gate.
0: Uh, I think based on what he's done this season and the offense he's built into, Jonathan Taylor has taken over the running back one spot for next year. He was the number one pick in our mock draft a couple weeks back. And uh, the injuries the last couple of years to Christian McCaffrey knocks him out of that top spot. Taylor's capable receiver, capable running back, and and really good at the goal line. And Frank Reich has finally decided to let him be the guy instead of splitting it up like 16 ways.
1: Yes, we agree. (coughs) That's the first match and in spot. So we're one for one. Who do you have at number
0: two? Well, he took a slip from the number one spot to the number two spot, but I can't fade Christian McCaffrey. If and when McCaffrey does stay healthy, he's probably right there with Taylor for total yards and scores at this point this season. Plus the main reason that, uh, the Chargers, uh, the charges, the main reason that the Panthers decided to get rid of Brady was because Matt rule wants to actually run the ball more. So assuming rule is back next year, it should mean a healthy dose of Christian McCaffrey, obviously with some Chuba Hubbard mixed in there to keep him fresh. But again, stay healthy. He's the number two overall running back.
1: He's in my top 12. Shocking. He is not my top two running back. Um, you're going to be shocked. We're going to have to go a ways down till we get to where I have McCaffrey. And you know what? It's got to be available. And maybe it's because I've gotten bitten by him the past two seasons in my auction league. Um, but I also think that we see Chuba Hubbard start to maybe seed a, I should say, CMC seed a few touches to Chuba going forward. So that worries me, and the availability and the health-wise worries me a little bit. So I could not knock him out of my top ten. I'll say that much. Um, but, yeah.
0: Uh, people, people want to make it sound like McCaffrey is a 30-year-old running back. Yeah, <laughs> He's not.
1: But, but running backs get old fast. Yes, they do. And he has had, prior to the last two years, pretty heavy workload. Mm-hmm. But I also wouldn't be shocked if he finishes number one overall back next year.
0: Well, again, one thing going against McCaffrey is his injuries. They haven't been, per se, freak injuries. They've been soft tissue injuries, and those want, are the type of things that can repeat themselves.
1: Yeah, do you want me to tell you who he reminds me of from a few years ago? Do you remember when Todd Gurley had a fan, fantastic year, then he had a bad year, and he fell like to the 2-3 to the turn for the people that were yep. drafting at the top of the draft? Do you remember that? Oh, yeah. That's what I think we could see happen with McCaffrey this coming season. If you're in that top one, two, three area with draft picks, I think you could possibly see people look at how hurt McCaffrey's been, the time he's missed. He could slip into that realm of where you could get him in that second, third round if you're early in the draft.
0: Well, the interesting thing is when we did our mock draft a couple of weeks ago, I believe we had 10 running backs in the first round go. Yeah. So a guy like McCaffrey, if he slides even just like, 5 or 6 picks you're getting a great value uh mid to late first round.
1: Yep. Either way it's a good he'll be a great value I think next year. So at number 2 for me I actually had somebody wrote him down, and took him out and then just said, don't, <coughs> don't ever think it. It's it's Dalvin Cook for me. All of the same reasons that you said about about Kirk and the offense and you've got wide receivers to keep people honest and Dalvin catches the ball. Uh, I don't see um, Madison as a threat, he's he's nice to use for when needed. Um, Cook still has another elite ear in him, so he's number
0: two for me. Well, I mean, Cook has also battled a series of soft tissue injuries over the last three years. Uh, he has obviously not to the extent of missing huge chunks of games like McCaffrey has, but he, he, t- he typically misses two or three games a year. So, counting on Delvin Cook is nice because he certainly is a good pass catcher, good running back in general. But I've got Dalvin Cook all the way down at five because uh, the team remains a run-first team. He has a threat in the passing game and at the goal line. But, again, much like McCaffrey, there's going to be a little bit of an injury knock on him.
1: Yeah. Fair enough.
0: My three will be another veteran coming back off of injury, and that's Derek Henry. Despite not playing at all since week eight, Henry still ranks third in rushing yards and fourth in rushing scores among running backs.
1: Yeah, he was one of the hardest ones for me to, to place, honestly. And the biggest hurdle with Henry is he just doesn't catch enough passes in an era where pass catching really makes or breaks the fantasy season for a player. So he has to be efficient. He has to score all those touchdowns. He's got to come back the same Henry from this injury. I just I couldn't put him at two, three, or four, quite honestly. Um, I have him at five. And he'll probably wind up being a value for some people in their drafts, just like he was this past year, for the same reasons I said, because of the consistency. But if he misses any little bit of that, just efficiency of converting it and getting the touchdowns, it just he easily could fall out of the top ten because of that.
0: Yeah, well, that that team has got a lot of ability to run the ball. I mean, they're they're making do with career studs like Dontrell Hilliard and Deonta Foreman and turning them into legitimate fantasy running backs. So (laughs) imagine what they're going to do when Henry comes back. Yep. Okay, so. I think we're going to match the four. Well, who's your three first, I guess.
1: My three is a guy I actually started to give consideration at number two um, because he does catch the ball. A lot, And I expect the offense to take a step forward in year two with the new coaching staff. It's Austin Eckler.
0: Okay, and we don't have a match at four because I've got Eckler at four. I, I thought you were going to go with your number two overall pick from the uh, mock draftable.
1: No, I thought about it more, <coughs> and I'm just not sure what's going to happen with that offense and the coaching staff. So I, I went up readjusting my rankings a little bit um, because of that.
0: Well, Eckler is my four. He's trailing only Jonathan Taylor in total running back scores this year. That was always the knock ab- knock against him in the past was that he didn't score touchdowns. Well, this year he's scoring touchdowns. And again, he catches a lot of passes, uh, valuable in both the run game and the pass game. I mean, obviously, he doesn't produce those 170, 180-yard total games. But he, he is always in the 120 range in terms of combined yardage. So I do like him there.
1: Okay. So let's see. So at one, two, three, <coughs> I have JT, Cook, and Eckler. You have JT, CMC, and Henry, right?
0: Yep. And then you have. And I've got Eckler at four.
1: And I have Alvin Kamara at four. Um, he was, he, I mean, look, the injury right now, it, it's been a bummer. But with the question marks they had at quarterback, He was still putting up solid numbers. Um, I guess I could have gone to some of those younger guys like I had ranked higher during the draft that we did with like the DeAndre Swiss and Najee Harris's. I just I think that Kamara is a solid number four pick due to his receiving skills.
0: Okay, I I don't argue with that. Uh, So at number five, I already mentioned I've got Delvin Cook Uh, at six. I do go younger. I go with Najee Harris. Ultimately, it's going to come down to who the quarterback is in Pittsburgh. Harris could rise steeply or turn into Mike Davis. Great pass catcher out of the backfield, though. Uh, they did a little bit to improve their offensive line this past offseason. They've got wide receivers to draw attention away from him. Again, if Rodgers is there, oh my God, give me all the Harris. He's going to have 20 touchdowns next year. <laughs>
1: Yeah, if that happens, I'm going to move Harris up my rankings quite considerably also, honestly. Um, At six, I actually have DeAndre Swift and then I have Harris at seven. And it comes down to look, I think Jared Goff is the quarterback there again next year. I know that they have TJ Hawkinson. I think we get a new coaching staff. We know they have to add wide receivers. We know that Swift is already performing phenomenally considering the circumstances. So I just I like that situation a little better than what if Aaron Rodgers doesn't go there and Dwayne Haskins or um this guy, I can't think of his name, the guy that got hit over the head by a helmet from Miles Garrett is the starting quarterback in Pittsburgh. Then what?
0: Mason Rudolph. Mason Rudolph, there you go. Yeah. <coughs> yeah maybe it'll be Dwayne Haskins. <laughs>
1: that's what I'm saying. You know, at that point, then all bets are off. So that's why I decided to go with Swift over Harris in my rankings.
0: Well, my seven and eight, you've already mentioned both of them. Seven for me is Alvin Kamara. Much like finding out who the quarterback in Pittsburgh is, finding out who the quarterback in New Orleans next year will be, will be a key to Kamara's value. I think for me, his pass catching skills, still elite. He hasn't lost anything there. And at eight, I am also putting Deandre Swift at eight. He's shown to be an elite pass catcher on a team without very many of those. He, he'll get a boost if they happen to get a better quarterback, but uh, that question mark is really the only thing kind of holding him down on my list.
1: So I'm at number eight now. You notice I have not said CMC's name yet. Mm-hmm. Well, at number eight, the person I'm going with, his name begins with a C, but it doesn't end with a C. It ends with a B. It's Nick Chubb. And it's just, you know, even if, even if, you know, his running mate moves on, which I don't think happens, but if he did, they just, Chubb doesn't have that receiving potential that the other guys above him do and they can offset with. So, but he's safe. If, if you're in that middle ground and you need a guy that you know is going to get the ball and going to give you yards and, and give you touchdowns, I think Chubb's a great play.
0: Well, for every reason you just mentioned, I've got Chubb at number 10. There you go. Uh, the biggest, biggest reason he dropped a little bit for me is because Kareem Hunt is going to be there next year and Kareem Hunt will still be the pass catching back there this year, but Nick Chubb, he's a goal line beast. He's capable of putting up a hundred yards, even if Kareem Hunt gets 60 plus yards in the game.
1: Yep.
0: So I do like him. I've got him top 10 still. He would be higher if Hunt wasn't there, but, uh. He's still definitely worth taking uh, mid, uh, mid to late first round. But my number nine is someone we haven't mentioned yet, but we've been talking about over the last four or five weeks as being one of the top running backs in football right now, and that's Joe Mixon. Good old Mister Boren Mixon. He's finally become a little bit more reliable this year. He's staying healthy. He's scoring more than usual. Uh, Obviously, Cincinnati is going to boost their offensive line this offseason. They've got weapons to draw attention away from him. I see no reason other than the ever-looming threat of injury with Mixon for him to be uh, even higher than this year.
1: I had a hard time with Mixon um, for lots of reasons. I almost feel like if his name wasn't Joe Mixon, he would be top five, honestly. Oh, yeah. Um, At nine, though, guess what? We finally end the slide. I've got Christian McCaffrey at number nine. My number 10 is Joe Mixon. That's how close we were.
0: So we've got 10 for 10 for matches in terms of names in the top 10. Correct. But none are in the same spot. None. Other than Taylor. Correct.
1: So I guess that's one.
0: Here's where I think we might have a sneaky match here at number 11. I don't know. Uh, I am going to be a little odd on this pick and take a guy who absolutely dominated last night. Uh, and that is Javante Williams. Melvin Gordon is an unrestricted free agent. And Williams looks more than ready to blast into the top 10 running back range. I mean, the way he was running through members of the Chiefs last night, he is hitting players like Derrick Henry did in his prime. So,
1: you know, uh, this pains me. <laughs> the first name I wrote down at number 11 was <coughs> Javante Williams. And then I said, but look at the quarterback situation. Uh, and what I really should have thought was, look what he's doing with the he's quarterback. He's doing all that
0: situation. despite the quarterback situation.
1: It, yeah, it couldn't be. <laughs> it can't be worse. And then what if it is Aaron Rodgers? It could be top five. I, I'm kicking yep. myself for saying I actually scratched him off and he didn't make my top 12 because of that. <laughs> um, I went with another guy that I think is being overlooked. But now that <laughs> I think about it, I made the assessment based on the coaching staff and scheme and this, that, and the other. And, it, and I, I have buyer's remorse now. Um, I, I went with Elijah Mitchell at 11. When I honestly now, in in retrospect, think it should have been Javante.
0: I, I have no problem with him. Elijah Mitchell. He's looked really, really good this year. My, I guess my only real concern with him was Hell, it is Shannon against yeah. And I, I I see no reason to think that Raheem Mostert won't be back next year. Possible. <clears throat> what effect will that have in the situation?
1: Okay, so here's where the sneaky match can come in at 12. Well, I wrote two picks down when I did, when I formulated my top 12. I wrote Jonathan Taylor at number one, and I wrote this person at number 12. And then I filled in everything in between. That's why Javante Williams couldn't wind up at 12 for me when I decided to re- replace him with somebody else.
0: Well, the player I've got at 12 was a guy who basically two years ago we were debating as the number one overall pick with Christian McCaffrey. Uh, I'm going with Saquon Barkley who, assuming he has a full season of health next year, he should be right back in the top 10 or so.
1: So I have one, two, three, four, five, six names written underneath my number 12 pick. Javante one of them. Saquon was very next. And then I had Zeke and Gibson and uh, Montgomery and Aaron Jones. My number 12 is Cam Akers.
0: That is putting a lot of faith there. Uh, I I, know I had a hard time too. I was thinking about Gibson there. I was thinking about Aaron Jones again, but I, I don't like Aaron Jones per se. If Jordan Love is the quarterback. correct. So
1: in all honesty, am I taking Cam Akers as the number 12 running back off the board next year? Probably not. Where am I getting him though? I am probably getting him on this, on the second pass at that two, three turn. Mm-hmm. And and maybe he's more like the Todd Gurley, even though he didn't have the season Gurley had before he fell and then came back and was a league winner type player. Right. Yeah. But I, I had to have him there because I don't want people to forget about him.
0: And it's it's a leap. Of, it's a leap of faith to say that. But, uh, yeah, no, there, there's a lot of players in that category. David Montgomery, you mentioned I like a lot. Uh, Damian Harris looks to have finally establish himself in New England.
1: Say I think Saquon Barkley fits into that whole Todd Gurley type fitting also. That oh I yeah. Talk about because I think people are gonna be scared of him, and he's gonna be a full year past you know recovery. I think we see a completely different Saquon Barkley next next year. Um, Barkley, Javante Williams, Zeke, those guys easily yeah. could be top ten or better next year.
0: And you can get all those guys in the mid to late second round next year. Yeah.
1: I probably am going if I'm not in a top three, maybe in the top two with a run with a pick. I'm probably going wide receiver, and then running back, running back next year. Mm-hmm. Depend. I mean, I would much rather have a Saquon Cam Akers, Saquon Zeke, Saquon Gibson, something like that. You know what I mean?
0: Yes. Uh, when when I was considering Gibson too, I also looked at. Uh, J.D. McKissick is also a UFA next year, so. Right. Yep. All
1: right, so here you go. My top 12 at running back. Jonathan Taylor, Dalvin Cook, Austin Eckler, Alvin Kamara, King Henry, DeAndre Swift, Najee Harris, Nick Chubb, CMC, Joe Mixon rounds out the top 10, and then. Elijah, I have Byers' remorse. It really should have been Javante Williams at eleven, and then Cam Akers rounding it out at top at twelve.
0: And I've got J.T. at one, McCaffrey at two, King Henry at three, Eckler at four, Cook at five, Najee at six, Kamara at seven, Swift at eight, Joe Mixon at nine, Nick Chubb at ten, Javante at eleven, and Saquon at twelve.
1: And that does it next week <coughs> wide receiver and tight end and by the way we thought this would go fast we're 45 minutes into this show 47 minutes into the show so we're probably going to be late so we might as well get hit and run on over to the dfs payups stayaways and value plays
0: <coughs> well i'd like to add that uh, my captain play this week is gabriel davis who is going for like four hundred dollars a captain Uh, on DraftKings for some weird reason. He just got a touchdown, so I'm happy about that.
1: There you go. All right, so what's the over-under?
0: The over is four. This was a rough week.
1: Yeah, I'm taking the under. Yeah, (laughs) We're probably pushed, but I'm taking the under.
0: All right, go ahead and hit
1: us off. Who are we starting with at quarterback?
0: I'm going to pay up for the highest-paid player on the board at quarterback Patrick Mahomes 8,000 DraftKings, 8,500 FanDuel. Mahomes hasn't been the stud that he was in previous seasons, but he remains an elite-level quarterback. And this week, he's facing a defense that's gone down the latrine over the last month. Their struggles included a 406-yard, five-touchdown performance to Mahomes back in Week 10. Of course, that game represents five of the seven passing touchdowns that Mahomes has had since Week (laughs) 6. So in seven career games against Vegas, Mahomes has never finished with fewer than two touchdowns.
1: So we match. I went there. I did consider Josh Allen because he was a little bit cheaper, but at the end of, and he's not cheaper on FanDuel actually. Um, but yes, we match. So who's your stay away?
0: I'm gonna stay away from uh, Old Man Brady. Uh, Tampa versus Buffalo. Yes, it's a different team, and Buffalo will be without Tre'Davious White for the rest of the season. But Brady has struggled against the Bills in recent years. Over his last six games against Buffalo, again, all with New England, uh, Brady has had one game with over 275 passing yards and a total of only four passing touchdowns over those six games compared to five INTs. Now, coming into tonight, Buffalo had allowed only 11 total touchdowns to quarterbacks this season over 11 games. Only eight of those have come through the air. And only twice this season has a quarterback gotten more than one total score against Buffalo's defense.
1: Well, that's two for two. <clears throat> two for two, and I took the under.
0: Whew. I thought these were the two most likely to match, too. Yeah, I agree. <laughs> who's now your, it gets more difficult.
1: <laughs> who's your value play? We're going to go three for three at quarterback. I just know it.
0: Uh, I'm going to go with a guy that, your wife will be cheering for, and that's Baker Mayfield uh, versus Baltimore. Baltimore has struggled recently against the pass, and it's only going to get harder without Marlon Humphrey. Uh, Baker didn't do much against them in Week 12, but he got his bi-week to recover from some of those physical injuries he'd basically been playing operation with his body for four weeks there in a row. Baltimore, they faced Pittsburgh in a dogfight and were just depleted. I think Baker's big this week. So
1: you're right. She will like hearing that you have Baker as your value play. Um, Believe it or not, I do not have him as my value play. Now, one of the things we do is we have was taking advantage of the Philadelphia Eagles with the tight end spot. If you had to have a team you were taking advantage of at the quarterback spot, who would
0: it be? Uh, Tennessee or Washington.
1: Yeah, Washington. There you go. So guess what? He is not cheap, not at all. But he is my value play, and that is Dak Prescott this week.
0: Okay, I can I can get behind that again. Eighty one hundred on FanDuel. I'm not gonna call that a value, but uh, <laughs> no, I, I understand what you're saying.
1: Three times value though. I look at that. I look at some of these other cheaper guys, and
0: I just there's, there's a lot of chaff down in the yes. middle and bottom tier this week.
1: Yes, it's ugly to say the least. Um, I wanted to like Taysom Hill. Uh,
0: I just you got that finger in you. You don't really know what's going to happen there.
1: Yep. Um, Taylor Heineke. Look, the weather in Washington this Sunday very well could be. There's about a seventy-ish percent chance of rain, and the wind looks to be in the fourteen-fifteen mile an hour range if I had to put money on one of the two quarterbacks in bad weather, I'm going to take Dak. Um, that's the only thing that could push me off is that the weather was a little worse than what we're looking at.
0: If you want a sneaky punt play, consider uh, possibly Trevor Lawrence uh, in Tennessee or whichever quarterback starts for Houston yeah. at home versus Seattle.
1: Yep. Fair enough. All right. So we got two matches.
0: Don't, don't please do not start Jake Fromm. <laughs> yes, no, don't do that.
1: Okay. Running back, who are you paying up for at running back?
0: I pay up for Austin Eckler, the Chargers versus the Giants. Only three teams have allowed more total yards to opposing running backs than the Giants. Uh, They've been particularly beat by pass-catching backs all season long. Now, Eckler has scored at least one touchdown in all but three games. I love him to score twice here. Possibly uh, hit the 125-150 range in total yards.
1: Yeah, uh, we match again. That
0: over is in danger.
1: Yeah, it is. Watch us match on like seven or eight. Crazy. (laughs) So who are you staying away from?
0: I'm going to stay away from Zeke. Uh, Not only does Zeke have to worry about Tony Pollard, he also has to worry about his own injuries. And this week he also gets to worry about a Washington defense that has allowed the fewest running back rushing yards <clears throat> and only three total running back scores over the last seven weeks.
1: Well, we kind of have a push. You know, normally I'll write somebody down, I cross them out, and I go to somebody else. This time I wrote down Zeke, and then I wrote someone else down, and I'm not erasing. I'm not crossing out either one of them. On DraftKings, I'm staying away from Zeke at 7,300, but at FanDuel. I absolutely despise Corderell Patterson's matchup and he's
0: $7,800. Yeah. He had a tough match of last week though, against Tampa Bay and, uh, his pass catching kind of saved his lines. Yeah. So.
1: But no, I have Zeke and that's what I wrote down for us. So the push is in effect. Now we got to see if we put it in the over. Who is your value play?
0: Well, my value play is going to be heavily owned after last week's performance. Uh, He's also my number 11 overall running back for next season. That's Javante Williams. Now, Denver cannot possibly go back to Melvin Gordon next week after watching what Javante did last week. Even if they do, both Gordon and Javante will absolutely crush Detroit. They've allowed the second most 18 total running back scores on the year. I like them both to score here if Gordon plays. If Gordon doesn't play, Javante's going to score twice.
1: Yeah, I got cute. Uh, I'm at the same price range as you, but I did not go Javante Williams um, because I thought that he would just be overowned. also. Um,
0: I, I totally agree. I think he will be overowned.
1: I went with Chubba Hubbard. At home, coming off a bye against a putrid Atlanta defense, he's going to eat this week. He's going to make people forget who CMC is.
0: Well, again, we can also watch a guy like Dontrell Hilliard maybe this week it'd uh, a decent price on DraftKings, but not so much on FanDuel.
1: True. And I, Mark Ingram, if he happens to play, I think that he could possibly be a solid guy <coughs> uh, to play this week.
0: Okay, to wide receiver. Uh, I'm going to pay up for Keenan Allen uh, against the Giants. Only the Saints and Eagles have failed to have a double-digit wide receiver performance against the Giants. The team has especially struggled to possession-style receivers like Keenan Allen, so I think he's in for a big game this week.
1: Yeah, so we don't match there. Um, remember I said I gave some consideration to Josh Allen as my pay-up at quarterback, but I went with Pat Mahomes instead. Um, so to get myself a little bit of exposure to the game that I didn't take, I'm actually using Stefan Diggs as my pay-up against Tampa
0: Bay. I don't have any problem with that. Tampa's been pretty uh, shellacked on defense all season, so and I it sounds like they might get Richard Sherman back for that game, but
1: Yeah, it's okay. And I I wouldn't put it past Tyreek Hill. I mean, Hill I think is in for a big day too cuz he's just he didn't have a very good game this week and somebody's going to eat and if you like Pat, you got to like Hill also.
0: Yeah, now my stay away uh, I'm staying away from Brady. So I'm choosing to stay awake with one of his receivers. The guy I chose was Mike Evans. Uh, Deciding which Tampa receiver will go off each week is kind of a headache. Uh, But either way, there just won't be enough to go around this week. Only one of them is going to do anything. Buffalo has allowed the second fewest receptions to opposing wide receivers, the fewest receiving yards to opposing wide receivers, and by far the, the fewest TDs to wide receivers. They've allowed three wide receiver scores all season coming into tonight's game. Now, Evans, I feel, is always the more TD dependent between himself and Godwin. So I like him just a little bit less than Godwin.
1: So I'm going to give us a match here because I did not discriminate. I wrote down Chris Godwin and I wrote down Mike Evans and I said, stay away from both of them. But like you, if I had to pick of the two, I think Godwin's a little bit safer, but I want no part of either of them.
0: Sounds good. So the overhead. Who's your value play?
1: My value play is going to stay lockstep in accord with my value play at quarterback. A high-priced quarterback, a high-priced wide receiver. CeeDee Lamb is my value play at wide receiver this week.
0: I almost made him my pay-to-play this week. I did, too. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, My value play is playing right now on Monday Night Football. Uh, you chose Stephon Diggs as your pay-to-play. Yep. I chose his running mate, Cole Beasley, as my value play. There you go. Now, you can't run the ball against Tampa. And realistically, if you look at the uh, root tree that Cole Beasley has in his playbook, it's basically that of J.D. McKissick and Leonard Fournette. He's basically a pass-catching running back lining out in the slot. Now, as long as he doesn't suffer an injury setback tonight— yes. I can see him catching double digit passes next week with air yardage of about 14 yards, but <laughs> hopefully he can take one of those short catches and turn it into like a 20 yard touchdown.
1: 14 yards combined. Right.
0: That's yes. A okay. <laughs> air, uh, air yardage. So that's the key air. <laughs> yeah.
1: So there are two other names I wrote down because I figured, well, I see that really, he's expensive for me to say he's a value play. Right. Um, I wrote down DPJ, which kind of goes hand-in-hand hand with your value play at quarterback with Baker Mayfield. I think as yep. long as Peoples-Jones back on the field, he could have a big day. Um, and then I worry a little bit about the guy, this guy getting full snaps, but I think he's a sneaky play, And that's Curtis Samuel this week.
0: Oh, totally. Uh, we already saw a little bit of it this past week. DeAndre Carter is starting to get phased out of that offense. Adam Humphrey is just a guy. Uh, Logan Thomas. Will miss this week. Uh, the question mark remains how long he will miss now. But I think that suddenly Samuel is going to get some of those vacated targets from uh, Thomas, and also potentially some vacated Thomas from from uh, J.D. McKissick, who also may miss this week.
1: Right. Yep. Okay. <coughs> At tight end, let's go. Let's let's hit the let's hit a match right off the bat. I know it's Travis Kelsey.
0: It is Travis Kelsey. <laughs> The Raiders are bottom four in every significant category against opposing tight ends. Kelsey's coming off a quiet week. So he's, his ownership's gonna be low. He's going to absolutely smash here. Price tag isn't even that high. Uh, You gotta have something. I'm not going to pay for Tyree kill because I think he's a little too high priced. Yep. Kelsey is just in that sweet spot price wise for me. He's my pay to play.
1: Yeah. And you know what? There's no top guy facing the Eagles since they're off this week. So Kelsey makes sense. Um, at my stay away, I wrote down two names, but I'm going to be consistent with what I've been saying, stay away tonight, and I'm staying away from Gronk.
0: We have a second match at tight end. I'm also staying away from Gronk, who has been very, very good this year, but his FanDuel price is only 500 cheaper than Chelsea. Uh, coming off a two-score game, he's going to be very popular. His ownership rate is going to be very high. But Buffalo is on the second fewest receptions, And the fewest TDs to opposing tight ends coming into tonight's game. So it's not a great spot. He's probably a a safer play than Evans or Godwin, but I still don't love him.
1: So, And safer play was why I almost didn't go with him as my stay away. I do not like Kyle Pitts this week, but because Gronk is just so much more money than him, that's why I went with Gronk as my stay away.
0: An interesting thing about Gronkowski, too, is, again, we know that this is not the same team. It's not New England. But you have to look back to all the way to 2013 for the last time Gronk and Brady, or I should say Gronk in particular, did anything against the Bills in their home stadium. Again, that being at the time Foxborough, but he's always had his big games against the Bills on the road.
1: Right. <laughs> okay. Who's your value play?
0: Uh, My value play is Evan Ingram, the Giants at the Cardinals. Chargers have grown up five tight end scores over the last four weeks and nine total, which is second most on the season. Uh, Ingram led New York in receiving yards last week with big neck Glennon under center. Uh, Jake Fromm is going to get the start. And as we always expect, when you've got an inexperienced quarterback, they like dump offs, which should mean a lot of catches for both Barkley and Ingram this week.
1: Oh, we just ran a table. We doubled the over, uh, eight matches.
0: Wow. Thank the tight end gods for that one. Yeah. Tight end and Kids quarterback. Play, play double tight end. You yeah, can make no, somebody.
1: don't, don't play double <laughs> tight end. I cannot give him that. Yeah. Ingram's price tag. I looked at, it, I was like 3,500. I don't care if Jacob Fromm's throwing in the football,
0: <laughs> but same logic. Again, no, no, no Phillies on the table. Right. If Philly's off the table, you look at the Vegas Raiders, you look at the Chargers, two of the worst teams against tight ends. Houston, obviously, in that argument. Jacksonville. A- Engram's price tag is really good, though, here.
1: Yeah. And, and we'll <coughs> see. Um, at that price, it should give you afford you the ability to get some other guys that you'd like in your lineup. So that's always a
0: play. Like Travis Kelsey.
1: Like Travis Kelsey. No, no double tight end. <laughs> Although Kelsey is more like a wide receiver. So um, yes. Anyway, okay, so if you want more tight, double tight end – or triple tight end or quadruple tight end. Make sure you're following Harley at Nuclear Harley. You can also follow me for me to talk you out of doing double tight end at Steve Gallo NFL. And if you really want to look and see what the different projections are for the tight ends, all of them, um, or the other positions, go ahead and subscribe to the huddle.com where, of course, we will do our best to help you win, make the playoffs, and or prep for next season. And you know what? It's getting nice and toasty and cold out. So with that, let me toast and say, like always, get blitz responsible. Cheers.